Hey, it's Kevin here. I hope you've had a great week. It is Friday and I'm just checking off at the end of the day. I took uh, the first half of the day off to go to a pumpkin patch with my family. It's my son's 11 month birthday. Uh, so it's really nice being able to work for yourself sometimes just taking off a half a day uh, and just kind of getting out and doing some some fun stuff. Um, and it was, you know, really warm today. It was like this perfect day. I, anyway, I highly recommend you take the time uh, on a random Monday or a random Friday, even a half a day to just do something that is personal for you. Um, and, you know, especially if you're feeling stressed, especially if you're feeling overworked, there's nothing like regaining a little bit of control that you have. Uh, and that's the benefit, one of the benefits of being self-employed. Uh, anyway, I just um, wanted to kind of share that little tidbit with you. I've got a really great kind of uh, question um, from Michelle. She's had a lot of great, great questions and is working on some interesting stuff. And um, and she came to me with uh, with a challenge and, you know, she just kind of wanted to talk through it. So on the one hand, I think we need to do one of those group uh, meetups again. And maybe we can schedule that for either next week or the one after. I think that was really nice the first time we all got together. Uh, so if you're up for that, let me know in the comments. Um, but regardless, until we do that, and we will do that uh, very shortly, um, I wanted to kind of give Michelle a little bit of feedback on her situation. So she worked with a client for about nine months, okay, so a good amount of time. And, you know, the, that company was kind of running their business like a startup. So I guess, according to her, they're not super organized, don't have the, everything kind of dialed in. So they're kind of figuring things out, which is perfect in the right time to hire, say, a fractional CMO or a consultant type to really rein in and add order and structure to the program. So... What she was saying was basically, you know, she worked through everything from marketing strategies, technology, implementation, organ biz development, a whole bunch of things and um, accomplished a lot. And that's always a great thing when you, when you accomplish a lot with a client, especially over a nine month period, you, you hope that you have good stuff to point to. Um, now, the challenge was, and maybe you can relate to this, the client really didn't hold her end, hold her end of the bargain up. So... Um, and what I think what Michelle means by that is she, she never called her leads back. So she got leads. They did a LinkedIn campaign for a couple months and expanded her referral partners by 75%, uh, and then wanted to stop after she agreed it was working. But because she didn't track her leads, Michelle now kind of has like nothing really to show for it in terms of, you know, case studies or measurable outcomes. And, um, so even no matter what kind of summary she did, uh, you know, of, of all the work she did, really there's nothing, or at least not as much tangible outcome. And that's, that's really difficult, especially if you want to do a bit of a case study and market and explain how, how all that stuff worked. Um, now she did say she got, you know, increases in website traffic, brought her online presence up, uh, increased referral partnerships, um, spent a whole bunch of time over the last nine months, which saved the client a lot of money. Um, uh, but she ended up losing the client. So the client has now lost one of her, uh, one of their key clients and uh, has, has stopped working with Michelle. So obviously that's a very disheartening experience. I think many of us can, can uh, relate to the end of an engagement that uh, maybe you did a great job, but maybe, 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 and maybe you did great, get great results, but for some reason it's not quantifiable. Something didn't work out quite super well. Um, and when you don't have that, both for you and your case study, the client doesn't always recognize the value that you provided, even if you did save them a ton of money by working with you in a retainer or by bringing in suppliers. Like I bring in people sometimes from say the Philippines or overseas and they do great work for a fraction of the cost and the clients save that by working with me, you know, so like it kind of offsets a bunch of my costs just like that anyway. Um, but unless we get quantifiable outcomes and business results, then the client can sometimes wonder what kind of value did they actually get if they spent in the tens of thousands or more with you over a period of time. And it's really your job to help make sure that at all times you're, you're clear on what value are you creating and kind of having this angle where like, 
look, in order for us to work together, there needs to be a constant business case. I need to, we need to be able to see the results happening and, and draw financial return on investment to your business. And if we can't do that, then we shouldn't work together. So it's really critical that they meet you halfway. Um, and you say this to clients, really critical that you meet me halfway and we look at the data and we really get clear and you hold up your end of the bargain. And I think Michelle, this is a great learning experience and the client didn't do that. And now, you know, she's worried that the client was maybe disappointed in the result at the end. And, you know, um, and Michelle, obviously, you know, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to quantify the results you got? Some of it is, and some of it's tangible, some of it's intangible. The other thing is that some of marketing really is an investment in the future, especially if you do strategic work. Like um, I've helped clients kind of fix their strategy and maybe focus or specialize more and position their business in a more clear and concise way. And then they've gone on to see massive upswings, you know, a year later, two years later, after we've redesigned websites or, you know, transformed their content or their teams. So, you know, that kind of thing can really have a, a, a really big impact uh, later. And that's that's sometimes the other part of it is marketing is an investment. So, um, you know, obviously, rightfully so, Michelle's feeling pretty upset about it. She's wondering what she can salvage out of this, you know, uh, and, you know, for, for her marketing efforts and, and future client prospecting. So I think first and foremost, what I try to do in like minute one with clients is I get them onto my KPIs document, the one that I shared with you a few posts ago. Uh, and I get them on that and I say, and like, look, look, this is a starting point as a KPI document is going to be different for you. It's going to be different for every person you work with. Even if you, I work with several people in the same industry, the report ends up looking completely different depending on what we're tracking and who the, who the CEO is. But we get that dialed in first. And I say, look, my job is to get you more leads and to get you more opportunities. Your job is to close them. But in order for us to do that, we need to be working in reality. Like the last thing I want to do is be like every other marketing supplier you've worked with and create a black box and then kind of give you some hand wavy gestures and say, yeah, everything is improving. I really want it to be narrowed down to uh, outcomes and deliverables, uh, not not like work deliverables, but like here's the outcomes and, and the results rather uh, that, that we've gotten. So uh, I think Michelle would agree with me here that not putting... You know, she feels somewhat responsible. And I, first of all, I, I think, you know, you're ultimately only responsible for caring so much for your clients and doing, working your process and helping them to the best of your abilities. And if you can't help them, that's one thing, right? Um, but at the end of the day, the client does have to live up to their end of the bargain. There, are, there is work to do. They need to be motivated and hungry. I've worked with a lot of clients that aren't really struggling a lot, but they just want to make sure their marketing is great or they plan to open more locations or expand. And they're kind of lackadaisical. Therefore, the results are slower or it takes thing takes way longer. Like unless a client is hurting financially, they don't actually act with urgency. In some cases, some clients just always do. Um, so, you know, I kind of like my job is to advise. And I always say I work at the speed you do. If you want to go slow, I'll go slow. If you want to go fast, I'll go fast. It really depends on your capacity and ability to handle things. But going back to the point about what I do first, I really get them into that KPI document right away. And I say, look, you know, and I actually go right from the website level. We, we set up their analytics tracking. So from a goals conversion standpoint, nobody can contact that company without me seeing it in Google Analytics. So we use call tracking with CallRail. We do goal, um, goal, goal conversion setup uh, from contact forms. If there's a tour feature or a scheduled booked meeting, like in Calendly that gets tracked. Um, I often use drift as the chat that integrates with Google analytics and anybody who leaves their email address, not like I do track who starts a conversation, but really it's the email address I consider a lead. Um, what else? Uh, and that, and I guess that's probably, and then, you know, email subscribers or whatever, but I don't really call those leads. So it's chat, telephone calls, live chat where they've gotten their email address and 
and booked booked tours or booked meetings. Those are leads. So I track those immediately and I wipe any uh, email addresses off the website so that people have to reach out to you through one of these channels. <clears throat> and then I track that based on uh, where they came from and Google ads and everything else, right? So that's the first and foremost um, thing that I do. Call rail only really tracks telephone calls from ads, but that's a whole different thing. So that's your job is to get those configuration, those setups set up right. So even if the client doesn't track how many leads, you can track an increasing goal conversions or you can track at least that you got goal conversions. You can track your cost per lead. Uh, you can track all kinds of stuff because you know how many leads you're getting or at least how many conversions you're getting. The other point is I'll say to clients is, look, you need to have a CRM or some sort of thing that's going to accurately track all of your leads in one place. The worst thing you can do is not track this and then have things on a piece of paper or depend on staff to organize and have this stuff. And if they're not willing to do that, then I say, we can't measure results. We can't really move forward to other things. We need to get you into the system and dialed in at the very least and punching in those numbers at the end of every month, making sure they're accurate and complete. And if there are cases where some staff don't have access to the CRM, I create a contact form on the website in a hidden page with a password that, that basically allows the staff to log in. And then if someone calls or walks in off the street, they can just type in all their information. Um, and I, and I really reinforce how critical it is that all leads go in there because if you're not working with real data, it's a problem. And that sometimes means getting staff trained and involved and really, uh, telling them how important it is to get those leads in there. So I think Michelle, in retrospect, um, there's probably things you can do to, to, with your marketing. There's probably, you know, increases in traffic or things you overhauled and stuff that you did. And that's fine, right? Like people have case studies and portfolios where we're like, yeah, we redesigned the website, created a strategy for X, da, 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 da. It's like the things you did. Obviously, your case studies are going to be better if uh, if you can prove results from that. But people who need people still, as I said earlier in a previous episode, they come to you with tactical thinking anyway. They know they want to redesign their website. They know they want to update their brand. They know they want to do a few things. So you're kind of showing them that you can what you can do and that you've done certain things. So at the very least, that's good. And you can explain the strategy and how all the pieces kind of work together. Um, but the lesson here is really going forward is uh, in addition to making sure your analytics are really set up and dialed in, making sure that the client is on board with actually tracking their leads and saying to them, look, I cannot justify working with you if we can't get like, clear and tangible numbers. Like my KPI document is what I call to clients, the place where results can't hide because it all gets reduced down to cost per lead, cost per new member or cost per new client, you know, marketing as a percent of revenue and all kinds of kind of things. But it all comes down to those, the cruxes, like how much are we spending to get new opportunities and how much are we spending to get, um, new, new clients, new members, new, new, new customers, whatever, whatever they are. So now, you know, right. So in retrospect now, right at the beginning, you know, you're doing your strategic stuff, you're doing your onboarding, but really part of that onboarding is like, Hey, we need to get this dialed in before we even run any ads. I actually, it's unethical for me to run ads until we get this, this step dialed in. And you know, you like as a, as a consultant, you have to, like, and I said, I said this to a consultant just on Friday, Thursday, uh, I, I said to them, like, I need to be able to put myself on the line and get ready to be fired anytime by giving you information that you may or may not want to hear. Right. So I need to hold you, you and you, you accountable and your feet to the fire, uh, which means I need to say hard things. And so, and I often just do that. And I think they respect and appreciate that more and they trust you more as a result. So by you running ads without getting that dialed in, uh, it kind of just puts this in a place where things are up in the air. 
unfortunately you're working with a client who doesn't sound very serious uh, and they're not your ideal client in that respect. My best clients are super serious about the numbers. Maybe they weren't before they met me, but they're really, really focused on getting clarity on all of their metrics so that they can expand so that they can get investments so that they have, so that it keeps their stakeholders happy so that whatever, there's all kinds of reasons so that they can run their business better. So those are the kind of people you want to work with. I'm sorry that you didn't uh, get those sort of results with your client. I would get permission to, um, ask them if you know if there's any kind of if like if there's any kind of a case study they're willing to let you do um if they feel disappointed um address it like that's the other thing i sometimes address clients and say hey look i get the sense that maybe you're not 100 percent happy with this and that's not how i like to operate so would it make sense for us to analyze how, what worked what didn't work and then if i need to work with you for another month or even a little longer just to kind of see this thing through and give it legs while you kind of get back on your feet as your partner i'm happy to do that with you but uh, if especially if you feel like you didn't get the value for our work you know and if let's say they spent say 20k with you or i don't know what the number was but let's say they spent 20k with you like what what's the business case for recuperating that money um, and it's not always about immediate ROI. Again, remember, marketing is an investment. I think people are really hard on themselves sometimes, and uh, you know, and they think like, oh, you know, if maybe I missed the mark here, and I have to like overcompensate by making sure they like, you know, the, you, you can only control so much. So at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes the investment today pays off one, two, three, five, ten years later, over and over again in spades, and you've moved the needle for people. So it isn't always a like a. You don't always, um, there's there's a time to um, recuperation period and it's not always e immediately. So you have to kind of look at things as like, did you leave them in a better place than they were? Did you look at their website? Did you position them better? Did you, you know, did you set them up for, for greater success long-term? And hopefully you can see some immediate ROI, some immediate results that indicate ROI. Um, and, you know, I would, I would see to the client and say, hey, would it, you know, uh, and I would say, look, I have a hard time um, assessing the value of, of our engagement because we didn't do this thing. I mean, I don't know the, to the extent your relationship is good or bad with them, but basically I like to address any kind of, you know, weird feelings head on in general and just say like, you know, it's unfortunate we don't have that data. Uh, if we did, I think we would have more information, but, um, but what, you know, would you like me to continue working with you for a short period of time to help transition out and help make sure you actually get on your feet? Cause I don't want you leaving thinking you didn't get the most value out of us. So, I don't know. I just tend to address stuff head on because I don't like feeling like, oh, that engagement didn't go well. Although sometimes you just have to walk away. The engagements don't always, you know, ace it, but I prefer to deal with that head on and, you know, come to, you know, at least, at least air each other's grievances and mostly let them air theirs uh, so that they are not going out saying negative things or, or just so you, f you don't feel like, you know, you owe them one. But at the end of the day, like it sounds to me though, that the client didn't live up to their end of the bargain uh, so they weren't serious and, um, hopefully they did get some interesting, uh, options and interesting clients or, or, or opportunities come their way. Uh, whether you can track that or not, um, I would still try to address it head on the best you can. So, and then, and then do the best form of a case study that you can, which is the work you did and, you know, focus on the results as much as they'll let you. But doing that process of saying, here are all the things we accomplished. Here are some of the indicators of the measurable things that we got in terms of results um, cost per lead, cost per whatever, cost per conversion. 
And then by spelling that out to the client, you can then have a conversation and say, you know, here's what we accomplished. Do you feel like that is enough? What's the business case for an ROI in this relationship? Can you see yourself building on this and continuing to make, uh, you know, money in the future from the work we did? And, you know, sometimes just having that conversation while you're asking for permission to create a case study, it also reminds them of all the stuff you really did and all the things you accomplished. So I hope that helps. Um, now you know going forward just to have some of those metrics dialed in in advance i like to do kind of a benchmark from the beginning of what are their kpis and what are their analytics today and then what is it when i'm leaving and kind of show that transition so i have it but it's definitely key you know i know the kind of client they're hesitant to get the kpis going uh but it's so vital that uh you know for, especially for case studies uh and transparency and clarity and sometimes clients are getting way more results than they're giving you credit for and um you know, now you know. Now you know. Have that spreadsheet out and ready to go, and make it mandatory, and uh, and don't go any further. And that's your rule if you want to do that. It'll help everyone. I hope that helps you, Michelle. Um, keep your questions coming. We'll set up a group uh, coaching in, uh, group uh, Q and A or a group kind of meetup uh, again in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I've got Circle built out now, uh, the membership platform. So I'm just trying to figure out exactly how to transition people into that. I think a lot of you may listen to the podcast through or this recording through the Patreon app. And I was really hoping that Circle would have their uh, iPhone app and Android app done by now, as, as they promised. But unfortunately, that's not done. Uh, so I want to transition you in there. I'm still figuring all that stuff out. Uh, but if you're interested and you want to get into that group early, I'm going to just open the door. I'll have a link for you pretty soon and uh, you can just jump right in. So uh, let me know. But uh, yeah, keep your questions coming and I look forward to the next one. Thanks. Bye for now.